welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching the Podcast. I'm Laura Forehand, and we're just really happy to be with you today. I'm here, as always, with my amazing co-host, partner in crime, whatever you want to call yourself. How are you doing today, Rhonda? I'm doing great. It's so great to be here. I'm Rhonda Arald, and on today's podcast, we are excited to have a new friend to both Laura and I, gold-certified Whole Brain Teaching instructor, Kyla Tesmer. Welcome to the podcast, Kyla. Start off by introducing yourself. Tell us where you teach, how long you've been teaching, and how long you've been teaching using Whole Brain Teaching. Thank you. I teach in North Carolina. I have, this is my 18th year teaching, but only my second year teaching with Whole Brain Teaching, and it has completely changed my life. I think we can attest that, right, Rhonda? What were you going to say? Exactly. I I mean, I tell everybody even on our Facebook pages, I, I could never teach without it now. I mean, there's just no way. It's just, I wish more of my district had used it because I feel like it's so vital and I just don't know how you would teach without it anymore. So I can totally relate. Yes, totally agree with that. So, you know, I love to hear everybody's stories on how they found whole brain teaching. So how did you find whole brain teaching? What is like your whole brain teaching story? So I found it after the 2020-2021 school year. I had, it was my first year in North Carolina, my first, first year teaching a new grade level. And I was honestly, sadly, ready to quit teaching after that year. It was just so much with you know, the online teaching and face-to-face teaching. And I'm always um, looking for different ways for classroom management. And I was on some random teacher Facebook page and someone had said super improver wall. I was like, what is this? So I actually Googled super improver wall and found the whole brain teaching website. And I read like the first page and I was bought in that summer. I woke up every morning got on, studied, and got my bronze certification that summer. And I only wanted to start out with the super improver wall, the rules, and maybe like the class yes engagement. And before I knew it, I was doing the mere words. I was jumping in. It took me a while to do the teach okay, because that kind of scared me a little bit. But it truly was just like one of the best things um, I could have done for myself, um, not even just in my the teaching part, but just my life in general. I felt like I was able to be happier at school with using all the funtricity that we use. And so then I was going home happy and it completely just changed everything. Um, and then last summer I did every single hour session I could over the summer. 
I got silver certified uh, with the four essays and then started off the school year um, wanting to get gold. It took me a while to finally send in my very first um, video for gold, but by January, I got gold certified. And again, it was so exciting, the best thing I could have done. And I just tried to spread the whole brain teaching love everywhere I can. But that's, that's the whole story. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So I want to go back to something that you said, because you started and correct me if I'm, if I don't get this right, but in 20, the 2020, 2021 school year, you started whole brain teaching. Is that correct? It was the year after that. The year after that. So were you guys still kind of in the throes of COVID at your school? Yes. So I was actually having to teach. We started the school year with completely remote. Okay. We went to A day, B day. And then we went to, I was teaching full-time in-person and virtual. I had to do both at the same time. And that's where I really got burnt out and wish I would have had whole brain teaching some way to, you know, cope with all of that and make it fun for me and the kids. But it was, so after that year is when I started whole brain teaching. Gotcha. So that was going to be my follow-up question. So you started whole brain teaching in person then you didn't start it remote. Correct. Cause I was going to say, woo, that would have been like, what a way to challenge yourself, right? To start exactly. whole brain teaching in a remote classroom. So why don't you um, tell our listeners what was teaching like before whole brain teaching? So maybe that they can relate to the struggles that you were having before you found it. I feel like before whole brain teaching, I was always trying to readjust everything in my classroom. Um, you know how every class you have is a little different. So you try this management with this class. Well, that didn't work. Let me try this. And then it only worked for a little bit. And then you try something else. So I feel like I was always trying to either recreate the wheel or finding different ideas, spending too much money on quote unquote junk prizes that the kids were excited for, for two minutes. And then it was out the window and it was always trying to keep them engaged while I was up at the front of the board, talk, 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 talking, um, trying to find a way to get them engaged. And it was just very difficult before I knew all the whole brain teaching strategies. Yeah. So how has your classroom environment changed since implementing whole brain teaching? So since I've added all of these different funtricity and um, the strategies, we are, it seems like such a positive, um, very, I don't, I don't want to say busy in a bad way, but very busy classroom. Um, we show so much glorious kindness. That is one of our biggest things is how much glorious kindness can we show? I don't have a lot of the tattletaling happening because we focus so much on being kind to each other. Um, you will see us always saying you're still cool, mostly to me, because I'm always the one making mistakes, but the kids feel safe. It's that safe, no fear classroom that we have. Um, we have lots of engagement and critical, critical thinking happening in the classroom because our favorite is the because crusher. Um, I use that all the time. I'll just, I'll just say, give me a because crusher, especially in math. Like, tell me how you know, prove your answer to me. And it gets them talking rather than me explaining it. They're pulling out the information and explaining it in a way that probably their peers are comprehending more than what I can say. Sometimes they're so much better at it than we are. And sometimes we have to step back and let them 
kind of take over the teaching because they can do it. They get it and they know how to talk to their peers. So that's the biggest thing. We have lots of discussions where I step back and let them really take over um, the discussion and the teaching that's happening. That's great. So when you decided to implement whole brain teaching, what was the easiest part to implement for you? So honestly, the easiest part was the super improver wall. And I know I've heard lots of podcasts where a lot of people say that was the scariest part. And for me, it was maybe one of the easiest things because it was just, it was up there. It was on the wall and I could focus on improvements, not on if they have perfect behavior. Like this kid never puts their name on the paper. By golly, they put it on their their name on their paper today, they get a star. And it was just very simple for me to get them to really buy into it because I was excited about it. So they got super excited about it. And it's the coolest thing to see them cheering each other on. We just got our first living legend the other day. And I had kids had one little girl say, <laughs> it was the sweetest thing. She goes, I am so excited for serenity, but I'm also so sad for me, but I'm so excited that she's got it. And I'm going to work so hard to see if I could get there. And so, and that's, you know, those feelings and being able to verbalize and be safe in a place where, you know, they are really excited for their friends, but then feeling have, it's okay to have those feelings of like, oh, darn, I didn't get it, but I've got grit. I'm going to keep working. And so for me, it really was that super improver wall because it's all there. You print it off from TPT and it's ready to go and you slap it up there and, and start awarding those stars. There are so many like life lessons in that story that you just told, you know, about being happy for others and showing kindness. Um, but feeling a little like, you know, I'm kind of sad for me and that's okay too. Um, but I've got grit. So like so many life lessons in that. That's a great story. But let's flip that question around. So what would you say in your opinion and in your classroom was the most difficult part to implement when it came to whole brain teaching? I think once I got into the the whole magic circle, the keeping those teaching points short And also the teacher talk um, less and making those students do more of the talking. That was really difficult for me because I think as teachers, we feel like we have to say everything we know and get it embedded in their brains. Listen, 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 listen. But they're off in la la land by that time. And so that was a really hard aspect for me to stop talking so much make just those points very, very concise and just perfect for them. And then let them, like I said, take over the because crushers and the proving it and explaining how they got their answer or why just their, their reasoning for what they're thinking, whether it's right or wrong. I always want to know how they're thinking. So being okay with stepping back and letting those discussions happen without worrying about sometimes the time that's always hard too, because these discussions continue to go and you're like, Oh, we got to stop because I'm self-contained in third grade. We got to stop. We got to get to this or we're not going to get to it. But sometimes it's, it's okay to let the time go and hear these conversations and let these kids take over that teaching. But that was hard. It's hard to step back (laughs) and not be the talker because we like to talk as teachers. I think that's a really good point because I don't think I think like at conferences and stuff that we've had, that's been one of the harder part for people to kind of really break down your lesson into chunks. 
And it takes practice. You know, it's not something that you can just do naturally. But once you've got that figured out, then it's so much easier when you think about your lessons to break them down. So I'm glad you made that point. Good job. Um, we always like to ask our guests this next question. What is your favorite Colbright teaching strategy? Oh, we love the dice rolls in our <laughs> class. That is a favorite. I think a lot of um, teachers can contest to that. We love to get out the different color of dice. We like to use them in so many different ways. And, and I've noticed on the Facebook pages, people are even coming up with more ideas of how to use the dice. And I love it. I love that coach has given us, you know, parameters, but so many people have are so creative and think of all these different ways to use something and they share it on the Facebook page and you're like, yes, that's such a great idea. I'm using that one tomorrow. Um, so we've been doing, especially now it's the end of the year, we have two weeks left of school and we've got to roll those dice for my class often for, we might do a chunk of time that is a triple dice or triple points. Um, but it's only for amount of time. So we'll roll the dice and see, is it, you know, just a single, a double or a triple. We roll it and then we set a timer and we're working and trying to improve and they might be able to get triple points um, for their super improver wall, just depending. So those dice are, they're game changers for us in the classroom. I I think the Facebook pages, and we always mention that at the end of our podcasts, are so vital because you do see a lot of great ideas there and, you know, that people are sharing or doing in their classroom. And like Coach says, there's no whole brain teaching police. So while he gives parameters, you know, he's also like, you know, creativity is huge in whole brain mm-hmm. teaching. So he wants us to be sharing that creativity. So there's been so much, you know, self-talk around teacher self-care. We kind of touched just a brief moment on, you know, COVID. And I really think that the whole teacher self-care has really come to the forefront because of the burnout that so many teachers experience during those couple of years in the classroom with COVID. So how has whole brain teaching helped you with the with that aspect of teaching? Um, are there specific strategies that you personally use to help with your own self-care? Yes. So I think coach with the podcast series that he did at the beginning of the year, the end of the, the 2022 um, year was the green thoughts, the red thoughts, and then all of those keys. And when I was listening to it, I was realizing I was doing parts of those, which was helping, but I think really when he took um, the the red thoughts and changing them to green thoughts, I have a, a very um, beloved rascal, extremely beloved rascal this year. And it's been difficult. It's been really hard. And I found myself though, taking all the red thoughts that all the other teachers have said about this student, um, but changing them to those green thoughts of finding what is positive about him and what I can um, relate to and really think he is somebody's child. He's funny. He has a great personality, all of these positive things. And that really helped me get through those really long, hard days of sometimes chairs being thrown and screaming and yelling. And it would, I was able to use coaches strategies from that series to really just take a step back and breathe myself so I could help my student breathe and calm down. And that was, that was huge. Um, I can't, 
one big thing that he talked about was thinking about blessings and how, you know, we have to find our own blessings, but we have to realize that we're huge blessings for our students. Um, it's, it's something that we have to remind ourselves that sometimes we are those safe people, whether they're, you know, beloved rascals or sweetie pies. Um, we have to make sure that we are giving everything we can, which is hard. It's very hard to, to, you know, leave our stuff at the door and be able to come in. So we can't always expect those kids to do the same thing because it's hard as adults. So we've actually used a lot of those. I know, again, on the Facebook pages, we've seen a lot of teachers take those red thoughts and green thoughts. And then we started the red bear, green bear for our students. And we start every day thinking of our alpha hawk. We write it down on a sticky note. I do the same thing. And I have found that it helps me take a moment and really reflect on what I need to do that day and how I can be, you know, a positive um, alpha hawk for my students. Even, you know, a lot of students say you're my alpha hawk. And so having my alpha hawk written down, and then we always write at least one, one thing we want to do that day to make our alpha hawks proud. And I let them share if they want to, and they don't have to. Um, but that's just one thing that gets us going in a positive thought every day. And it helps me. And then a big one that I've been doing is my drive home is really reflecting on the day, thinking about those red thoughts and again, changing them to green or just, um, telling the story coach talked about like verbalizing the stories and it's, it's crazy how much you feel like a weirdo. I just pretend like I'm on the phone, like I have speakerphone on and I pretend I'm on the phone talking to my friend and unloading everything. And the minute it's out, it's out and it's done. And then I can, you know, go on with my day. So then I'm not so focused on the, the yuckiness of the day and, and starting a, a new fresh day the next day. So lots of those keys, um, I go back often and re-listen to the podcast or like fast forward to my favorite part and listen to it again. I loved the, um, I think it's like the blessing tree and that you can choose which, which tree you want the, the pity tree or the blessing tree. I don't know if those are the right terms, but, um, and it's okay to, to say, oh, woe is me, but then change it to how blessed I am to be able to be the, the teacher and to help these students. And I've just found that taking that time, as silly as it feels, it's really helped me be able to cope with my extremely beloved rascal um, and not let it consume me, but also allow me to, to love him the way he needs to be loved at the same time. Yeah, really good points. Ron, if I can just interject a couple of things I was thinking of is one thing you really like honed in on that I think is so vital is just that relationship, right? That relationship piece that we need to have with each and every one of our students. And sometimes it's really hard to find with our beloved rascals. When you were talking, I was thinking of a particular student in my own classroom this past year. And every day I was kind of on the tips of my toes, the edge of my seat, because I didn't know which way it was going to go. But having that relationship, um, I think is key. And the other thing I heard you say was, you know, the, the pity thoughts and the blessing thoughts, like it can be both and right. It doesn't have to be either, or we can, we can have, 
have both of those and they're both valid. Um, it's just where we choose to stay, I think is what's really important. Exactly. And what I heard you talking about, which I, I mean, not that I have a classroom anymore, but what I'd like to try is like that morning activity that you have with that post-it note where they have to write that alpha hawk, even though you might have that person posted to write it and then think of one thing that they, you would like to do to make that person proud. I think that would be a great morning activity. It gets them focused in on a positive where, you know, maybe something happened at the bus stop or something happened on the bus, or maybe mom was mad at them for not moving fast enough, you know, in the morning. So I think that's great to have that positive focus at the beginning of your day and maybe even reflect on it on that little post-it all through the day. So great idea. Super impressed with that. Would love to have tried that. Um, let's see. Um, we've all been newbies when it comes to whole brain teaching. Um, any tips or advice that you could give someone just starting out, especially with regards to self-care and education, or maybe it's, you know, just implementing some of the strategies. Yes. Thank you. So I think it's been said before, go slow, pick mm -hmm. what you're comfortable with. You don't have to do everything, but also know that you can ask for help. Like these are Facebook pages are phenomenal. People are asking questions all the time and you get answers and ideas so fast. It's such a positive community that I think that's one of the biggest things that I have really enjoyed about whole brain teaching is even when we have questions or concerns, it's always, um, relate in a positive way. And then everybody's very positive back. Even when you have a bad day, somebody's like, you've got this, you can do it. And I think that's the biggest part is finding that community. And we have that with whole brain teaching with, you know, the podcast, you can listen to it and our Facebook pages. It's so awesome. So just picking what you feel comfortable with and don't move on until you feel like you can add something else. And then the biggest thing for that I think for self-care for teachers is to try to stay positive. Um, know that students are put, I believe students are put in your classroom for a reason, whether it's to help them or to help you or both um, to grow and to improve um, ourselves. Um, you can be the person that really um, makes a big impact for somebody's either beloved rascals or the even the sweetie pies that you can really make a difference and um, bring out the best in them and really taking the time to change those red thoughts to green thoughts whether it's saying it out, out loud to yourself or going to a friend that you know is not going to go down the red thought slope with you but will let you get out your red thought and then pull you back out and find those green thoughts and golden thoughts um, is really important, I think, for for our self-care, for everybody, whether it's teaching or not, I think it's important. Well, there's a lot on a teacher's plate. I mean, you talk about elementary level to high school level, and it seems like it, it, it keeps getting added and added and nothing's taken away. So I think the self-care for teachers is important because you do can, you can get down on yourself sometimes when things aren't working out, parents aren't maybe necessarily happy, and you've got all this grading. So I'm glad that, I mean, you wanted to focus on that on the podcast a little bit because I think it is important and I'm not seeing things looking any better in the future. And I feel like teachers really need to look out for themselves too. Yeah, I agree with that. It has been 
just so great talking to you today, getting to know you. Cause like, we just like literally met, I don't know at like, well, we record at one o'clock central time. And so we met about 1258. Yeah. <laughs> central time. So anyway, it has been great getting to know you and a little bit more about your whole brain teaching story. I know that there are going to be listeners who can relate to many aspects of your story. And that's really our passion when we started this podcast was to help teachers, all teachers. Um, So thank you so much for being with us today and for helping so many of our listeners out there. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. Good. We love your energy and we love your passion. So thank you so much. Remember to check out our website at wholebrainteaching.com for more information about whole brain teaching. And you can also check out the free resources on the whole brain teaching official store on Teachers Pay Teachers. Yes. And once again, thank you, Kyla, for your time today. And we are thankful for all of you, our listeners, for joining us today. Rhonda and I will be taking a break from recording and uploading podcasts over the summer to give us some time to spend with friends and family, as we hope that you will do that as well. We are going to resume recording in the fall of 2023. So we want to encourage you to revisit all 81 of our podcasts that are there. Uh, Kyla mentioned the ones that coach has done. Go back and listen to those and get rejuvenated. Um, But until then, um, we look forward to um, joining you once again for year four of the podcast. You know, it's hard to believe year four. So um, please go back and revisit those. We will definitely be back in the fall with some new things um, going on with coach and stuff. So we want you to be sure to check those out with us in the fall. And always don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the podcast with your teacher friends and administrators. I'm going to do another plug here. Um, We will be doing Zoom sessions this summer. So if you are um, wanting, that's a great way to learn more about Holbrook teaching is attending those Zoom sessions, excuse me. So we are extremely grateful for each and every one of you. And until season four, goodbye.